Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly or French Football Fortnightly as we may now have to rename ourselves if that wasn't an intellectual property issue. So we've had three rounds in Ligue 1 since we last spoke to you and this might be a little bit of a different pod because Chris is on holiday in Malta, uh, presumably searching out that tricky away kit for taxi and rainbows that he's been talking about for ages. Jez has moved house, lost his phone and has no internet at the moment. And I'm Philippa B and I've been on holiday for the past 10 days and haven't seen a kick of football. So it is down to our uh, lovely twosome uh, to tell us about, tell me and you all about what has been happening recently. So we're joined by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. And Connor Ketley. Hi, Connor. Hi, yeah. And there's an ambulance going past outside. My apologies. So um, we're going to start with the league on roundup. Now we're not going to round up all of the, the games that have happened over the past three rounds, but we have had, uh, in a sense, some interesting runs, both good and bad, being put together. So just looking at the last uh, the last round of games, uh, round eight, it kicked off with Saint Etienne beating Monaco two nil. Uh, went on with PSG getting their eighth win out of eight, uh, beating Nice 3-0 away. Lyon had a slightly unexpected 1-1 draw with Nantes. More on them later. Um, Angers 0-0, Gangon 1, which was Gangon's first win of the season. They have points, people. They now have four points, which is fabulous news. Um, Strasbourg beat Dijon 3-0. Uh, Ransom Bordeaux drew 0-0. Caen beat Amiens 1-0. And then moving on to the Sunday games, Rennes drew with Toulouse 1-1. Montpellier beat Nîmes 3-0 in the derby. And Lille finished us off with a 3-0 win at Marseille. So we kind of topped and tailed this weekend with two home wins for Saint-Étienne and Lille, both of whom are in a pretty good position right now. Uh, Lille are second on 16 points. Then we've got... Montpellier on 15 and third, and Saint-Étienne in fourth on 15 as well. But Rich, you you pointed uh, at uh, Lille and Saint-Étienne as teams that are playing really good football at the moment. So where do you want to start with Lille, with Saint-Étienne? What would you like to, to kick off with? On that? Uh, let's, let, let's start with Lille. Um, mm. I think probably... And I would be tempted almost to include PSG in this. Arguably, the team playing the best football at the moment on the on the eye. Um, Galtier has got this team playing really well at the moment. It was a very impressive performance against Marseille, who, admittedly, weren't at their best. They were they were pretty weakened. Uh, they had Jordan and Marvi out suspended. They had um, Louis Gustavo back in central of defence, which really does nullify his impact. Um, but it was a really good performance from Lille once again. It was another really good performance from Nicola Pepe, who perhaps has been the player of the season so far, certainly in these first eight games. Um, he's upped his game to you know, unforeseen levels for him. Um, scoring goals, running at defenders, um, you know, looking threatening every time he's on the ball. Um, forming also a really good partnership, I think, with the likes of of, uh, of Jonathan Bamber, I thought he's uh, he's been just as good, or perhaps hasn't quite had the the plaudits that that Pepe has. Uh, but on the whole, it's the, it's the entire team that I've been impressed with with Lille. You look at where they are now, 
to where they were 12 months ago, which is mm. sort of the beginning of the, of the, of the Bielsa free fall. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it really is two different teams. You know, they've yeah. come, just come off the back of a summer that was organized, that was full of transfers, that they knew what they were going for. They weren't just, you know, rapid fire transfers across the market, bringing players in. This was a structured transfer market. They recognized what they needed to bring in. They brought it in. They're playing with a style that, that, that all the players seem to be on board with. There's clear direction with the club now, which was, was by far the case this time last season. Mm. And then obviously only got worse last season. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they but, just didn't know what they didn't look like they, they knew what they were doing at any point. So now we've got, we've got Pepe got uh, the first one from the penalty spot and then Bamba got two, including a penalty, two in the last five minutes, which maybe suggests something about uh, Marseille's defence at the end there. But those two have both got five goals for the season. So having two players who are scoring at that rate is you know, a really positive sign that it, they're not just depending on one person however much Pepe might be, you know, the, in a sense, the key man. They are, they are dangerous from, from different positions, so that's, uh, that's obviously going to be a good thing for them. Um, particularly also, they did need to sort themselves out because of the kind of the financial administrative side of things as well. So it's, it's kind of good to see that they, they seem to have knocked that on the head. Uh, mm. Connor, um, maybe not just this game but you know how they've played uh in the season so far how how do you um you know do, do you agree with rich that this is you know uh, a positive move is there anything you want to pick out uh for Lille? yeah i mean it's hard to hard to disagree i think probably a lot of the woes of last season might have been down to the uh, you know the off-field uh, situation affecting the on-field and then just having a kind of circle effect until things got worse and worse and um, obviously the main thing was that they managed to get through last season and remain in uh, the top division so from there they could kind of build again with Galtier with a full season and as we mentioned uh, Nicolas Pepe keeping hold of him uh, linked with Lyon before they eventually went for Moussa Dembele um, that was absolutely vital uh, and then bringing in the shrewd signing uh, Bambra came from Saint-Étienne actually I think mm. um, if I'm not wrong um, and just keeping that kind of unit together as well they didn't make you know wholesale changes but I think Galtier teams are often known for kind of playing with heart uh, and you know obviously it's paying dividends this season which is great to see. Mm. So his previous club is another one that's doing pretty well which is Saint-Étienne who as we said uh, started uh, the last round by seeing off Monaco 2-0. Um they also are looking uh, looking positive and um, putting a good run together under Jean-Louis Gasset. Um, it was a double from Wabi Kasri who must be loving the fact that uh, he's away from what's his previous parent club. Um, how and we're seeing there they've got they've got Diony, they've got Mvila, they've got Cabela, but the kind of the the defence appears to be kind of back to back to its uh, good old self as well. Um, so, Connor, how do you see Saint-Étienne uh, panning out this season? Is this, are they going to go up? Or is this, um, you know, maybe a, a good early start that, that, that won't continue? Do you see it continuing? Um, I might be a bit of a sceptic here uh, and say that, um, you know, things might drop off slightly. If you look at some of the teams that they've beaten there, um, you know, obviously they, they have got a result against uh, Monaco, but Monaco are on the floor at the moment. The other mm-hmm. team 
they've beaten. Um, obviously, Toulouse are definitely get away win though, uh, but beating like Khan at home and drawing with Amiens, maybe they could have hoped to win as well. Um, obviously, a loss to uh, PSG, you can forgive that on anyone's side. Um, mm. Just need to, I suppose, keep an eye there. It's good to see um, Loic Perrin actually uh, playing a lot of games for once. Uh, I don't think he's played over 30 games for uh, quite a few years now. So good to have him back at the, the centre of defence. Uh, and as you touched on, uh, I'm sure Rich must be looking back in, uh, you know, with a bit of nostalgia on Kazri's uh, amazing early season form from uh, from last year, of course, as well. But um, especially his first goal at the weekend was very well taken. Um, I think just first touch, turn and, and put it into the bottom corner. So uh, obviously he and the new signings as a whole are looking very strong there. Mm. I think um, just... I want to briefly mention that sitting in third is Montpellier, um, who are now, I think, unbeaten in six and doing the kind of normal upsy-downsy thing, but seem to be doing it sufficiently well to, to be up the top end of the table. Still not scoring a massive amount of goals. They've only got 11 in the pro sheet, um, but only only six conceded, which is um, equal with PSG and Lille. So... I understand there was some issue in the mm. derby uh, on Sunday that a gate collapsed. And yeah. yeah. Some, some fans fell yeah. down onto the pitch, but it appears nobody was badly hurt, which is obviously a good thing. But um, no. Uh, so, so did that game, how did, um, you know, what happened in general? Yeah. So, um, I mean, Montpellier dominated the game. Um, it was obviously the first, the first derby with Nîmes for, I think it was 25 years. Um, no, so no, pretty no, highly. No. I, I saw one in 2008 when I first got here, down in. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there we maybe, go. Maybe um, the first league on derby in 25. Oh well, there we yeah, top yeah. flight derby. Um, so it was pretty eagerly anticipated. Um, yeah, it was midway through the first half. I think um, there was a. I think it might have been after the might have been after the opening goal, maybe. Um, uh, the part of the uh, part of the fencing gave way, and uh, uh, not not too many, but a good number did did sort of fall with the fence. Um, yeah, no serious injuries. I think it was pretty pretty minor, just knocks. Um, but that obviously took some time to get people back, and I think effectively the, the fence had just it didn't necessarily break. I think it just swung open. Mm. Um, and obviously the, the fans in celebration for the goal fell with it. Similar, but perhaps not as not as severe as the uh, Amiens Lille game last season, yeah. uh, where the Lille fans fell through the, the barricade. Yeah, but they, um, they fell down rather. Didn't yeah, it wasn't as big a drop. Wasn't as big a drop. Yeah. But obviously that was back in order. Um, I think then uh, it was late, in, late, it fell in about the 80th minute. I think Montpellier got their third. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some fans decided to uh, climb over the fence, <laughs> and a few more climbed, climbed, climbed over the fence as well. Then the fence—it was a different, different fence. It wasn't the mm-hmm. same gate. That then swung, swung open again, and a few more, a few more fans got out. Referee brought the players off. Um, riot police came on. Bit of a standoff there. It didn't look particularly violent in any way. It just seemed some pretty over-exuberant celebrations, I think. Mm. Um, but eventually, the, I think it was about a 25-minute delay. So, you know, not a million miles. I mean, the, the, there's a Karian's face on the, on the sidelines was an absolute yeah. picture because his team of 3-0 up. And, you know, the fans have caused this 25-minute delay. 
I, I don't know what the cutoff is. Is it something like 45 minutes or something before I think the referee can call it to be postponed? And you know, oh. if, if that had gone down, that, that would not have gone down very well with their Zakarian because it was a really good Montpellier performance. But it didn't seem like those fans were causing trouble in a violent way. It was just a little bit of mischief, a little bit of celebration. There were rumours that there was a little bit of aggro uh, pre and post match away from the ground. Um, you know, the, the, the Neem fans weren't weren't, weren't saints themselves, um, and there seems to have been. Uh, it seems quite a uh, certainly a, a bigger um, amount of passion and and um, rivalry than perhaps a lot of us had anticipated. Um, because it was it was pretty fiery by all accounts. I mean, it wasn't mm. on the pitch particularly, but in the in the stands and, and and away from the ground, it seems that there's a lot of uh, oh yeah, a lot of bad blood there. Well, it yeah, maybe not bad blood, but uh, heated heated blood, perhaps I'd say. Um, so, having looked at uh, kind of the top four, and we've got Lyon in fifth and Marseille in sixth. Both had slight. Uh, at the weekend, Lyon, as we say, drawing surprisingly nil-nil with Nantes, who are 19th, and Marseille obviously losing to Lille. But we're now going to look at a team, or a couple of teams, which are having a really bad runs at the moment, uh, one of whom is Monaco, who got beaten on Friday night by Saint-Étienne. They're 18th. They've got six points out of eight games. Um, Connor, what's happened? <laughs> what's happened um I, I guess it's it's hard to say in one way they they lose their players every summer as we know with uh, you know Mbappe and the lights going and, and Moutinho moving on this year but each year they tend to defy logic so maybe it's just about time that oh. <laughs> did this, uh, this magic effect that Jardim has had regression kind of um, to the bean <laughs> exactly yeah maybe he was just outperforming himself these other years and all the new players that came in um, you know they all tended to perform and perhaps this was the year that it just didn't quite stick together um, I think correct me if I'm wrong I think Subasic has been out as well Ben Alio has been playing in goal for most of the season mm-hmm. um, obviously having disruptions in defence can be quite bad as well but on the whole it you know, it just looks like they've run out of steam in terms of uh, getting their, um, you know, getting their wins over the line as they used to. And they just look quite toothless. I think in particular, the one that shocked me over the summer was uh, Keita Balde moving on. Um, yeah. It wasn't even a big fee. Normally they kind of bring those big fees in. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see him kick on because he didn't even get a full season last year. He played a bit part role and it would have been nice to see him have a full go at league Gun. I think with Monaco, I think there's there's three factors I think affecting them this season. I think we've got senior players who aren't playing at their best. You know, we have we have got we've got Glick. I don't think Glick's playing at his best. Sidibe has obviously played limited time this season um, due to injury. Jemison's been booted from the squad completely for this game. Um, I don't think Falcao's on top form. So you've got senior players not at their best. You've then got as we saw over the summer, and I've, I've, I've touched on this before with Monaco, previously in, pre- in, in years gone by, it's been let, let's bring in some really, quite, you know, really high quality, really promising 18, 19 year olds. Because everyone else has come for that, that particular market, Monaco have had to drop that age bracket. And all of a sudden, we saw the likes of Sofiane Diop, we saw the likes of Pellegri during the, during the season, we saw the likes of, of Goebbels as well. 
16, 17 year olds mm. being brought. Now, I'm not disputing the talent and the, and the prospective talent of both players. But that's but, tomorrow talent. Exactly. You're, you're putting these young players. Sofiane Diop, for example, has played quite a, quite a number of games for Monaco this season. Mm-hmm. Going from Ren in the summer, he hadn't even played a senior game for Ren. He was just in the under 19s team. And all of a sudden now Monaco are chucking him in starting. You know, there's, 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 there hasn't been a gradual, and there's too many of those players. Mm. You've got Kevin and Durant, for example. He started at the weekend, not played a lot of football. Musa Silla, yeah. Not played a lot of football. Adama Traore, he's a bit older, but he's had a terrible time with injury recently, not played a lot of football. And the list goes on for those kind of players. So I think that's, that's your second factor. And third factor is, is and it's, Maybe a slight criticism on Jardine is he still doesn't know his best 11. Mm. He's chopping and changing week in, week out. Um, and we've seen it before where it's taken him a few weeks to find his best 11. But we're now, what, week eight? I don't think he's anywhere nearer knowing what his best 11 is. I think we're still some weeks off getting to that point. And until they get to that point, they're not going to kick on. They're not going to perform at their best. They're not going to bring in the points. So it's, it's, it's still, I think, a few um, difficult weeks ahead for Monaco. Yeah. And they're, they're down there. They're on 18th. They're joined in 19th by Nantes, who are also on six points, which is after how well they did you know, last season under, under Ranieri, is, um, you know, everything seems to have gone slightly wrong for them. They have just changed manager. Uh, Vaid Halilovic has come in. He's what X Ren did he manage before? X Ren, X PSG, mm-hmm. X Lille as well. So that's uh, it's kind of a breaking news change. So maybe he'll be able to um, get them up and running. They're playing Bordeaux at the weekend, so it might be a, a way, which might be a tough ask. But um, uh, not taking steps to do something about about their situation. Gangomp, um, as we say, in the last two games have picked up a draw and a win, which are their first four points of the season. Uh, Antoine Kumbare possibly under a little bit of pressure, um, but we have to wait and see how, how that pans out. But we've also had uh, another team on a slight slide. Rich, sorry about this, but <laughs> Ren have got one point from the last four games. Um including being beaten by Amiens um, uh, and drawing with Toulouse most recently. Um, things were looking really good at the beginning of the season. What's happened? Uh, what's happened is they can't hold on to a lead. Um, mm-hmm. they've, they've, take, they've taken the lead in, um, I think, every game so far this season uh, and have only converted that into two wins, uh, a couple of wins. Um, they were playing against 10 men for over 45 minutes against Toulouse at home and really struggled to create anything. Um, they're pretty, they've been pretty woeful in front of goal, um, really wasteful in that final quarter. The stuff up to there has looked really promising. And then the <laughs> final quarter hits, the sort of 12-yard box, and it, it falls apart. Um, so there's, there's work to be done there. There's work to be done in defence. Um, Thomas Kubek hasn't had the greatest of start in goal. He got dropped at the weekend. 
Um, I don't necessarily think that's nece- the, the answer. I think Kubek is just going through a little, mm. a little bad patch. He's still. I mean, he was great for you last season. It's... He really was. So who, um, who's who's the replacement that's been uh, that's coming? Abdullah Diallo, who's sort of a you know, quite a stalwart of the team as a mm. backup goalkeeper. He was for all those years with Costile and 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 then for Kubek. They haven't. They still haven't solved their left back problems. Ludovic Baal seems to have been written off to, you know consistent long-term injury they're continually playing Ben Sabaini at left back he's not a left back mm. um, he doesn't he completely lacks the discipline at left back which is then quite bizarre because they then haven't particularly replaced Joris Nyanyon in the middle um, I still think Ben Sabaini needs to be given a shot there I think him and mm. Jeremy Jella let them play together um, yeah. You know, Edson Mexer, he's a good backup. Damian De Silva, good backup. Ben Sabaini needs to be there. But because they don't have the left-backs, they're having to put, you know, persevere with, with Ben Sabaini in that position. And it's, it's just not working out. So it's, it's been a disappointing start. Um, it, it will turn around, I'm sure of it. Um, you know, ben, ben Arthur's come into the team now. We are starting to see those flashes of brilliance that we saw with Nice. Um, in the two and a half games he's played, he's already played in three different positions, which um, is, a, is perhaps a little tricky for him. But it's yeah, it's it's been a disappointing start. But I, you know, I retain the hope that it will turn around and it will come good in the end. Okay, so on to Europe, where we've got a couple of those teams who are not having the best time of it involved. Um, looking back at the first round of games, which we didn't get a chance to, to round up um, before, um, Monaco lost 2-1 to Atletico Madrid. Liverpool beat PSG 3-2. Um, City, Man City lost 2-1 to Lyon um, away in Manchester, which was fabulous. Uh, we had um, Marseille losing uh, 2-1 at home to Frankfurt uh, behind closed doors. Rennes beating Jablonek 2-1. And Slavia Praha beating Bordeaux 1-0. So we've got two teams um, of the European six with wins so far, being Lyon and Rennes, which are possibly the two you might not have chosen. But coming up... We have uh, some delights to come, I'm sure. So we can't really talk about uh, Lyon versus Shakhtar Donetsk because that's happening on Tuesday as we record. Uh, so we don't really want to make predictions on the grounds that they could, you know, be proved utterly wrong fairly quickly. Um, but then we've got on Wednesday PSG playing Svena Svezda, uh, who drew 1-1 with Napoli in their first uh, game. And then Monaco on the way at Borussia Dortmund, which I think might might get a little bit awkward. Um, PSG, what are we what, what are we seeing there, um, Connor? Um, you know, I've decided, Phil, I'm not going to talk in absolutes anymore after uh, the Leon result <laughs> and how certain I was. Um, <laughs> pear-shaped for, um, uh, for the French team. But, you know, this is one where... You know, same as the City Leon story, except maybe even more one-sided. Um, just the fact that PSG at home, you can't really see any other outcome. As I say, it always a bit hesitant after that initial uh, prediction, which went wrong. But this is one that I, you know, bet my house on even more so than the than the City versus Leon game. 
Mm. I think uh, if you are interested in Svena Svesda and what they're up to, then Kirsten Schlevitz of uh, Unusual Efforts is a really good source on them. She's at KD Schlevitz on Twitter if you want to give her a follow. She's uh, a veritable gold mine of information. Um, Rich, the one I said might be a bit awkward to watch, <laughs> uh, Dortmund Monaco. How, how, how do we see that panning out? Well, initially you think well, it's, it's going to be a, a handsome Dortmund win. Um, one thing I retain hope, tiniest, tiniest bit of hope for for Monaco. Is this your hassle positivity, Rich? It's, it's, yeah, it very much is the hat of positivity. Um, is that, and this is an odd thing to say, in the, fourth, the, first, the, over, the first half of the uh, Atletico game, uh, I know they ended the half 2-1 down, but Monaco played possibly some of their best football of the season, mm-hmm. certainly in that sort of opening half an hour. Um, so, and again, I mean, I tied this back to what I was highlighting before about the problems of Monaco. In a weird way, this is the kind of game where I would be chucking on those kids. I would be saying to the likes of Diop, I would be saying to the likes of, of, of William Gilbert, I would be saying, go out there, have fun. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the big stage. This is, you know, this is what you've joined Monaco for. Um, go out there, show us what you can do. This is the game that I'd be playing those youngsters in. Um, now, whether Jardine will or not, I don't know. Um, but you know, Dortmund are hitting their stride in in in, in the Bundesliga. They hit seven recently, um, and they're looking at you know an exciting team once again. Perhaps after a couple of seasons where they didn't quite maybe hit their peak. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd you'd say this is only going to go as a as a Dortmund win, but you know, Monaco, despite having such a poor start to the season, they do have the players. I've said before, we're not disputing the quality of the players. It's just that they're either inexperienced or they're not in form. Well, you know, here's a you know here's a wonderful way to get back into form or to to gain some experiences. You know, away at Dortmund, it's it's going to be a pretty uh, you know, pretty special atmosphere as it pretty much always is mm. when Dortmund are involved, especially in Europe. So, you know, I'd like to see Jardine give those youngsters a go because I think if they do, then there's a, there's a small chance a surprise could be sprung. Mm. Connor, do you see a, a small chance? They are unbeaten, yep. unbeaten <laughs> in, in everything apparently so far. Uh, yep. Bundesliga, yeah. Champions League, Cup stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always a small chance, isn't there? But um, I, I think I'd take a slightly more negative uh, view and and say that yeah, I, I'd expect Dortmund to to trot out winners, um, you know, possibly with a clean sheet. But you know, we 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 live for Rich's hat of positivity, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the the next uh, round on, on Thursday, we've got the Europa League in three sittings. So you get to watch all three French teams in action in sequence, if you so wish. Uh, because we kick off at um, basically 10 to 4 UK time with FC Astana versus Rennes over in Kazakhstan. Rich, uh, how's the hat doing on this one? Um, it's... Uh, it's it's still optimistic. Hmm. It's perhaps a little bit more cautious. Um, yeah, I know it's 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 a, it's, it's cliched. It's a trip into the unknown a bit, really. 
as as was the first game against Jablonek. Now, Wren made very, very heavy weather of that, but there was no doubting that they, they did outplay Jablonek and they did deserve the win. They're also going out to Astana. It's a, there's a, it's a, there's a roof will probably be on. It's an artificial pitch. So it will be a little bit different. Um, it'll be against players they really don't know, bar one. There's a former round player in Pedro Henrique. Uh-huh. Um, that's Astana. That's where, he's, uh, that's where he's ended up. And they um, did draw 2-2 away at Dynamo Kiev in the first round, so they're clearly well, not mugs. No, no, they're not, exactly. And they're, I think they're, 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 they're top of their division. So, uh, then, yeah, they're not. They really aren't. They really aren't mugs. So, it will be a difficult game. Um, you know, if Ren were to come away from that long, long, long journey um, with a point, I'd be very, very happy. Um, I think going away to Kiev will probably be slightly tougher. But this, with, with the atmosphere that they can create within a, you know, an enclosed stadium, a, you know, a surface that Ren aren't overly used to, um, I think Astana certainly have enough to cause Ren problems, especially Ren's current form. But... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be looking for a for a draw here. Mm. I think um, obviously Bordeaux lost their opening game to Slavia Prague, while Copenhagen drew one one with Zenit, um, uh, and that's uh, who Bordeaux will be welcoming next. You'd have to say Bordeaux need would be the the favourites for this corner, but um, yeah, and their you know their league form seems good. They just seem a bit kind of um they don't seem to have hit any kind of rhythm really uh they're kind of ninth in Liga. they look fine but not very exciting would that be yeah yeah like you say this really does feel like a must win um it was a loss wasn't it to um slavia prague mm. uh first first match day so first home game they've got in the europa league you'd really want them to to kick it off uh, at home with a win um hopefully they can as you say undefeated in four which when i looked at the league table actually i was looking for them near the bottom uh, but somehow they're in the top half of the table on uh, in ninth so um yeah i think you know there's a bit of stability kind of emerging from them and hopefully they can just kind of keep it tight i, I wouldn't expect it to be a very high scoring game in, in all likelihood um as you mentioned kind of um copenhagen are quite defensive and practical and uh, you uh, wouldn't blame them for trying to oh, take no, no. away from home in the Europa League. So, you know, uh, probably one or two goals in this game at most. Um, but, you know, definitely a chance for Bordeaux and one which they'll have to try and take. Mm. And ditto on uh, Marseille's trip out to Cyprus to Apollon Limassol. They really have to win this because they lost to Frankfurt in the first game. Lazio beat Limassol in the first game. So if Marseille wants to keep in touch with in a sense, those two other big teams in the group. This is a very kind of weird yes. group. This is very much a three-way fight. Yeah. They have to, um, they have to do uh, Limassol and preferably by a couple of goals to see if goal difference can help. Because Lazio only won two-one against Apollon. Um, so if uh, Marseille could hopefully chalk up a couple of goals um, and keep. keep Keep a clean sheet. Sorry, that would that would be extremely useful. 
Obviously, yep. they've got uh, Florian Tovan's second high score in Ligue 1 with six after Neymar. Um, they are going to have to go at this, um, I think, given that they, ab- they kind of have to ensure the win. Would that seem fair, Connor? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, now after the absolute disaster that was the Eintracht game at home, mm-hmm. um, you know, throwing it away, it was to a 10-man uh, Eintracht side by the end of the match as well. They need to not only win this, but also get points, um, more than one point from their two away games, I'd say. Uh, you know, victory in Frankfurt would be uh, probably the most likely to you know, starting to come out of that. A trip to Rome would be very tough indeed. So not only do they have to make sure that they win um, on Thursday night, but they also have to make sure that moving forward their home form is good enough uh, and also that they can squeeze a few away points because um, that loss to Eintracht was you know, a very, very big dent in their hopes mm. to get through the group. Because their they're one after this is at home to Lazio, which you're just thinking will be a... An interesting encounter, I think, including in the stands, possibly. I think it will be one that the the team will be up for, but if you just the way that Lazio are, and especially in the Europa League, they tend to save their best, I think. And uh, as you say, with Immobile as well being the top Serie A goal scorer last season, and especially with Marseille, the second worst defence in Ligue 1, actually. Um, at the moment, so I wouldn't wouldn't keep my hopes too high for a clean sheet against Lazio. Mm-hmm. So, um, looking at this, uh, we had two wins uh, for Lyon and Rennes in the first round. We seen wins in the second for PSG. I'm guessing we'll leave OL out of this for the moment but which of the Europa teams do you think is 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 a definite winner if I can put it that way Rich? (laughs) I'm not sure sure there's a definite winner Um, I would probably have Marseille as um, favourite to get the win yes yeah Yeah, I think Bordeaux there's such a heavy I mean there's a heavy reliance on a couple of players for Marseille but there's such a heavy reliance on on Jimmy Briand and Francois Camino, it seems, for Bordeaux, that if they're having an off game, there's very, very little else. Whereas at least for Marseille, whilst again, heavy, heavy reliance on Payet and, and Tovan, at least, you know, Mitroglou has proved he can pick up a goal here and there. Sanson has, has scored a couple. So, um, yeah, I would probably have Marseille as, as the three that are probably most likely to come away with a win. Connor, what do you think of the Europa teams? Which is the most likely to prevail? Yeah, I, I would agree with Rich on that one. As, as much as I hate predicting a win for, for Marseille, it always tend, tends to go wrong. But um, out of the three, I, I would pick Marseille. Um, as Rich touched on earlier as well, I think an away trip to, uh, I'm not sure even you can call it Eastern Europe, but uh, Asia, an away trip to Asia, you'd take a point, to be honest, most places, um, you know, Zenit and the likes, but Astana as well, I think. And, yeah, a point wouldn't wouldn't be a bad result at all. And then Bordeaux with their um, still a tough game against Copenhagen. Marseille have to be the favourites, I reckon, out of the three to pick up all three points. Cool. Okay, so moving on, we've got a squad announcement for the France team on Thursday. Uh, looking forward to the international break the week after, where they will be playing Iceland next next Thursday and then Germany in the competitive match now we've got a couple of uh, important absentees uh, Ben Mendy Sam, Samuel Antiti and Quentin Tolisso are all out apparently and we 
we're presuming that Rami is still retired. Um, so the names being discussed that might come in, that might feature in Didier Deschamps' uh, announcement on Thursday are Ferland Mendy, uh, OL's left back to replace Ben Mendy, um, Emmerich Laporte at centre-back for the Mtiti role, Abdou Diallo also, and also Tango Ndombele might get a call-up. And I think this is all kind of very exciting because... Philomendi and Ndombele are two favourites of ours and it would be really, really cool to see them in the senior shirt. Um, Rich, is the, you know, what do you see as being the, the chances here, given that we've got some big names out? Do we see Didi uh, um, giving, giving some chance, particularly because the first game is a friendly, uh, giving some chance to, to some blood some new guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, friend, you know, friendlies now are actually with the with the nation's cup a few and far between it seems so every opportunity i think to bring new players in um i mean the fact that the majority of these are going to be enforced um will uh, will will perhaps help their case but i think the players that we've we've seen heavily rumored to be in i mean and dombele has been a you know obviously such a brilliant season last season started this season a little slow but in the last Week 10 days, he's put in three, arguably four, really top performances. I had him as man of the match in the win over Man City. I thought he absolutely dominated that midfield. Um, and, and really does just stand up when it, when it really matters in those big games. He put in another brilliant performance against Marseille. Um, so he's, he's in, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there's any debate at all. And I think, as Jez actually on, on Twitter alluded to, even if Tolisso was fit you'd still be thinking, well, actually, you know what? Ndombele has a strong case to be included. Yeah. So I think with Tolisso out and out, obviously, for some time, I think Ndombele is an absolute no-brainer. Furlan Mendy, obviously, he was um, in the, the league and team of the season last season at left-back. He, again, had a, a really good first season with Leon, having made the progress and the step up from the half. A um, little bit rash sometimes in, in, his, in his tackles, uh, but again, no doubt in his quality, and I think deserved call up. And then uh, Laporte, you know, there's there's not much more to say about Laporte and and his trials and tribulations in trying to get into that French team. Um, it would be deserved. He's obviously now got a a pretty regular starting spot at, at Man City. Um, although at time of recording, he wasn't he wasn't having the the, the best of games against Hoffenheim tonight. Oh, um, but so again, you're it, currently two one up. Or have one to one indeed, so that. Uh... So I think it, it would be it would be a a deserved call up, um, it, it, a long overdue call up as well, um, and then it, yeah we'll see what happens with Rami. I mean he obviously retired after the World Cup, was brought back for the the celebrations and the the, the, mm. the two games at the last international window. There's no no talk yet as to whether he's now gone back into retirement or not, but he's, he's obviously currently got a knock with, with Marseille. So we, we I know that, so, though, don't we? I mean, it... uh, well, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, we, we, we will see. I would, I, regardless, I don't think he's getting caught up because I don't think he's fit. Hmm. Um, no, but I mean, if, 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 even with them titty out, we've got, hmm. you've got Varane, you've got Kimpembe, you got Pavar who can come in. You got Hernandez who can come I, in. I think it would just be nice to see him kind of ride off into the, the sunset after, yeah. uh, after the World Cup. Well, it's, it's twirling his, twirling his moustache. It's the need. It's 
the need for another another centre back, and it's it's they, name they has been. I think they're fine. <laughs> oh no, no, they are. Yeah. But in terms of who who's going to get a potential call up, because I don't see them bringing in another right back because we don't have another right back. Um, so I would I would imagine well the name Laporte, I've seen. Laporte, Laporte is good though with Varane, Kimpembe, Laporte. You got Lucas who can come in. You got four. Yeah, but say so you're gonna he'll want to bring in another right footed centre back if he's still adopting that policy. Yes. And it's it's Abdou Diallo who um well, formerly of Monaco and I think he then moved to Mainz and then in the summer got a big money move to Dortmund where he started off really well there. He's rumoured to have been penciled in for a, a potential call up um in, in place of Rami. So yeah, I think there's some exciting young players to come in. Um, there's still plenty more. I mean, we could talk about the defence for, you know, and there's numerous players. Asa Diop, I, I finally saw him for West Ham against Man United at the weekend. He was absolutely brilliant. West Ham doing accounts, the whole, you know, playing well thing. Well, yeah, and by, by all accounts, <laughs> a few West quite, Ham quite fans surprising. You know, good for them. He's Diop's getting better game by game. So, you know, who knows that he may he may also force himself into the reckoning. So. Right. It's good times. It's good yeah. times. So we will we will have that announcement on Thursday. It's usually about lunchtime, shortly after lunch, possibly. It is France. Um, to prepare for the games against Iceland, which is a friendly, and then Germany in the League of Nations, as I'm calling it. Um, so we'll maybe have a have a bit of a, a look at the final. Uh, the final selection um, next week in the pod, as well as looking back at game nine, which is where we're going next. The weekend starts with Toulouse versus Nice, and it finishes with the the classic PSG OL. So, looking at this, um, do you want to pick a game or two out, each of you? Connor, which would be your game to watch for this weekend? I think it would be interesting, um, I think we touched on before we started speaking about uh, Neem and Rouse, the two uh-huh. promoted teams. Um, obviously, with their, they both won their first two games, um, got off to such a flying start and things have gone a bit flat since then. And now they're on, I think, both winless in six. So somebody's, well, someone's going to get points. It would just be interesting to see who can step up, really. Neem been putting in a lot of goals but they've been conceding a lot of goals um you know whereas Rouse have been the other way they've only scored mm. four, four and got yeah. far better defensive record so really unpredictable what's going to happen here is it going to go Neem's way and have a massively high scoring game or is it going to go the Rouse way and be a boring nil nil draw we'll have to find out yeah my my bet would be Neema at home they're coming off the back of a derby defeat they have scored 13 which is high uh for pretty i think that's one two three yeah they're kind of joint fourth um so they're down in 14th and 15th these teams um as connor says they've got very different styles of playing score lots and concede lots or score few and concede few something's got to give i think i might pick neem for this one um Despite the, uh, the the rivalry, I do want them to do well. Uh, Rich, which game would you pick out as being uh, one to watch? Mm, there's quite a few this weekend, actually. I think um, I, su- I suppose Isn't the what one we've that we talked about earlier. 
Well, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was coming to that one. Okay. Um, I mean, there's 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 plenty on Sunday, but yeah, you would have Lille Saint Etienne, the, the sort of two form non PSG teams, um, both playing really good football, as we've touched on. Um, uh, yeah, I think that could be a really really good game. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how uh, the likes of Pepe and Bamba come up against the the sort of hardened Saint-Étienne defence. Mm. Um, simultaneously, of course, seeing how the likes of of, of Kazri, Saliba, Cabela um, can come up against a, a Lille defence who've looked pretty organised and pretty... Yeah, tense. I mean, they're only six conceded, so say PSG, Lille, Montpellier, all with the best best defence is the top three. So, yeah, it could be a possibly slightly frustrating um, given the Saint-Étienne I think might be kind of coming up against a bit of a brick wall but uh, I think again you go for a home win here do you think? Leo might just, I, think, uh, I, think you, I think you'd look at that and say home win yeah definitely yeah so apart from that obviously we have uh, the classic um, so PSG 8-8-1-8 Lyon um, in fifth with 14 points looking looking good but not perfect it's at the Parc des Princes do we see any chance that um, OL will be able to do to PSG what they did to Man City Connor uh, I'd like to think so uh, obviously the, the slight hiccup over um, with, with Nantes um, was maybe down to a bit of um, I think just a bit of slack defensive work when Bushilia scored. So you'd like to think that they're on a, a decent enough run of form. The, the Man City win should have had them flying high uh, and they'll probably fancy their chances at, at the very least. Um, I don't see why not. Obviously, PSG rightly the favourites by a long stretch, um, but I don't see why this couldn't be a high-scoring draw. Mm. Ah. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> um Anything else? I, Rich, you were you were mentioning in slightly disconsolate tones uh, Monaco versus Rennes on on, on Sunday as well. Um, yeah, sixteenth. Um, somebody needs to you know win something at some point. Uh, how, <laughs> well, how, do we, how do we see this going? Oh, it's going to be a nil nil draw. Well, that's the thing oh, is Rennes are on a, a, a league leading run of games since a nil-nil. So if any game had nil-nil written on it, it, it's this game. I mean, Monaco ran games traditionally in uh, in recent years have been pretty high scoring, uh, normally in favour of, quite heavily in favour of Monaco. Um, But this is obviously a different Monaco, um, but it's it's also quite a different Ren. So um, I don't know if I could confidently say either of these teams will win. Um, except for that, if Ren go ahead, then yes, Monaco will be winning. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you've probably got fairly fairly tepid football, low scoring draw. If there is even any goals, I think in this one. Okay, so that's a couple of games to watch and one maybe not to uh, this weekend. So <laughs> Lille Saint Etienne is uh, the early game on Saturday. That's four o'clock UK time. Um, the Neen Rouse uh, promotion derby is in the Saturday multiplex and PSG versus OL is Sunday at 8 uh, UK time and that 
should be uh, a fun game to watch as well. So we will keep an eye on all of the European games and uh, cross our fingers for Lyon tonight against Shakhtar Donetsk. And then uh, again, it's PSG versus Red Star tomorrow um, with Dortmund Monaco as the possibly awkwardico. And so we will be back hopefully next week with more of the gang uh, online um, to round up all of that stuff and look forward to uh, the France games coming up and all of the associated uh, action. So my thanks to Rich Allen. Thanks, Rich. Thank you very much. And to Connor Ketley. Thanks, Connor. Thank you too. And we will speak to you very soon. Goodbye.